Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Kuf Nun, Daf 150. Friends, we're getting close. Masech the Shabbos. I guess that means like what? Like kind of like one week away, or I guess technically it's always the confusing thing, right? Is it seven or is it eight? Technically, I guess it's eight, right? Because you're gonna have to do fifty, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, it's eight. Akuponim. Um, let's get started. So a lot of what we're going to talk today has to do with like talking about things on Shabbos. So can you hint to a friend about a work opportunity without telling him explicitly like, you know, come over and I got, I got a job for you. Uh, talking about expenditures, like how much things cost on Shabbos. Talking about forbidden activities on Shabbos, like, you know, I want to go travel to the United States tomorrow. Can you say that to your friend on Shabbos? Um, and then talk about doing malacha before Avdallah. Friends, Daf Kuf Nun Amr Aleph. Two, four, five, six lines into the page at the Mishnah. Lo Yisko Adam Po'alim V'Shabbos. So, uh, a Yid should not hire workers on Shabbos. Okay, makes sense. Lo Yomar Adam L'Chavero L'Skor Lo Po'alim. Okay, and similarly, uh, Ruven should not ask Shimon to hire workers for him, because if it's if Reuven's not allowed to hire workers, well then Shimon's not allowed to hire workers either. So Reuven shouldn't be asking Shimon to hire workers for him on Shabbos. Paris. Of course, Tchum Shabbos, right? Tchum Shabbos is that you um, only are allowed to walk up to two thousand amos outside of your city on Shabbos. So what if you know? The next city over, which is, you know, I guess a little bit, you know, it's more than 2,000 Amis away. Uh, there are some workers there that you would like to hire. So we said that you're not allowed to hire workers on Shabbos, but can you just kind of walk as far as you can on Shabbos and then wait there until Shabbos is over? So right after Shabbos, you can make it to the next city and you can go to the next city and, and hire some labor. So we're saying not to do that. Do not go to the edge of the Trum Shabbos so that immediately after Shabbos you'll be able to hire workers. Or if so that immediately after Shabbos you can go to your fruit fields and harvest some fruit. However, you would be able to go to the edge of the Trum Shabbos and wait for Shabbos to end so that you can go immediately to your field in order to guard your fruit for whatever reason. Uh, I guess you, you, you feel that there's a need to guard your fruit. So you would be able to go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos for that, since you're allowed to guard fruit on Shabbos. Umevi pears biado. And once you're over there, well, if once you're there anyways, so you went with the intention of guarding your fruit. And then once you were there, you picked a few things. That would be acceptable. But do not go to the edge of the Tchum with the specific intent of harvesting fruit. Klal Amr Abba Shaul. Abashol said the following general rule, which is, Anything that I'm permitted to talk about, well then I would be permitted to go and um, wait by the edge of the tchum. Okay, so we don't talk about doing melacha on Shabbos, but if there were, you know, you were, if, if, if it's considered something that you would be allowed to talk about on Shabbos, well then you would also be allowed to go to the edge of the tchum Shabbos to do that thing. And we are going to see on Kufnun Amud Beis uh, some examples of like what what could this be something that you're allowed to talk about 
that you would be allowed to go to the trum, edge of Trum Shabbos for. Says the Gemara, my shnahu umay shnachaveru. So the Gemara asks the question, is, he says, and he asks, well, the Gemara asks, um, isn't the first line in the Mishnah kind of obvious? Right? What's the first line in the Mishnah? It says, Ruvain is not allowed to hire labor on Shabbos, of course. But then it also says that, and also he can't have Shimon hire labor for him on Shabbos. So the wants to know, isn't that obvious? If Ruvain is not allowed to hire labor, well then Shimon isn't allowed to hire labor. What, what's the Havmina? Like, what's he think? Like, why, why would he think that he might be able to ask Shimon to hire workers for him? So I'm Rabbi Papa Chavar Nachri. So Papa says, it, it's, it, it, Shimon isn't Jewish. It's talking about, can Ruven ask a non-Jewish person to hire some workers for him? And the Mishnah is saying that he may not. Maskefla Ravashi, Amir Lenachri Shavus. Ravashi says, Rav Papa, what's the Havamina? We already know, right? We already talked about a few weeks ago, Amir Akum. We already talked about a few weeks ago that you're not allowed to ask a uh, non-Jewish person to do things for you that wouldn't be allowed on Shabbos. So, of course, you would not, of course, Ruven would be unable to ask a non-Jewish person to hire workers for him on Shabbos. So, I don't need the Mishnah to teach me that. Elo, I'm Ravashi, afilu chaver Yisrael. So, Ravashi says, actually, it is talking about his friend who is Jewish. Okay? So, it's actually saying that Ruven cannot hire workers on Shabbos, and he also cannot Ask Shimon to hire workers for him on Shabbos. And the, and, and there's a point here. Hakamashmalam, what the Mishnah is teaching us is that, lo yomar adam lachaveru schorli po'alim. So while Ruven cannot ask Shimon to hire workers for him, however, aval omer adam lachaveru hanir shetamun imi lo erev. So while Ruven cannot ask Shimon to hire workers for him, however, Ruven would be able to say to Shimon, hey Shimon, why don't you come over right after Shabbos? Now, both Reuven and Shimon know what he's talking about. He means, hey, can you come over after Shabbos? I have some work for you. Um, and the point of the Mishnah is that that would be acceptable. That Reuven cannot say to Shimon, you know, explicitly do something that is not allowed, such as hire workers for me. But he would be able to hint things to Shimon. He would be able to say to Shimon, hey, Shimon, why don't you come over after Shabbos? Wink, wink. Right? And they both understand that that means that there is some work to be done. Umasnis in money, and who is the author of our Mishnah? Kreb Yoshua ben Karcha. Our Mishnah is like Rabbi Yoshua ben Karcha. The Tanya, as we learn in a Brisa, the Brisa, the Tanakhama says that a per- Reuven should not say to Shimon, hey, why don't you come over after Shabbos? Rabbi Yoshua ben Karcha, Omer, Omer Adam Lachavira Anir Shatamod Imila Erev. Whereas Rabbi Shimon Korcha says that Reuven would be allowed to say to Shimon, Hey Shimon, why don't you come over after Shabbos? And they both understand that that means that there's work to be done. Amr Rabbi Rabbachana, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Alachak Rabbi Shimon Korcha. And says Rabbi Rabbachana, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that this is the Alachah, like Rabbi Shimon Korcha, that you would be allowed to hint to your friend that there is work to be done after Shabbos. My time with Rabbi Shua ben Korcha. How come Rabbi Shua ben Korcha says that you would be allowed to hint? The Pasuk says that on Shabbos you, you, you should refrain from from doing your sort of work, your, your uh, I don't know, desires, or like the things that you do. 
Dibur Asr, Hirhur, Mutter. Now, uh, you wouldn't be, right, I'm sorry, from the things that you do, Vidaber Davar, and speaking about things. So Dibur Asr, speaking is not allowed, Hirhur, Mutar, thinking is allowed. So therefore, while Reuven cannot explicitly say to Shimon, hey Shimon, why don't you come over there, you know, I have work for you to do on Mutzar Shabbos, but he would be able to hint to it, and then they both understand, right, Hirhur, Mutar, thinking is Mutar. For them to both get it, for them to both understand that they're talking about work without explicitly saying it, that would be permitted. Ramilei Rav Acha by Ravuna Lirava. So now Rav Acha by Ravuna asked the following question to Rava. Does Rav Yochanan really distinguish between speaking and thinking? Does he really say that while speaking is Asr, thinking would be Mutter? Alma Hirhur Lav Kadibur Dami. Friends, do you remember this discussion from Masech Tabrachis and Avchafim Udbeis? about Hirhur um, Kedibor or Hirhur Lav Kedibor had to do with like thinking Kriyashma for your Balkari, something like that. So this would imply from the fact that Rabbi Yochanan, the Rabbi Babachan is saying the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that while Reuven cannot explicitly say to Shimon, hey, why don't you come over after Shabbos and do some work, he would be allowed to hint about the work. So that means that Right, and he says because it says vidabradavar dibur asur hirhur mutter, which means that there's a distinction between thinking and speaking. But would Rabbi Yochanan really say that? Rabbi Yochanan says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that you're allowed to think of divrei Torah anywhere you want, two exceptions: in the bathhouse and in the bathroom. So we see that. You know, why, why can't you speak Divrei Torah? Uh, why, why, why can't you think about Divrei Torah in the bathroom or in the bathhouse? It must be because thinking is significant. Thinking is like speaking. And because you can't speak Divrei Torah in the bathhouse or the bathroom, you also can't think about it. So we see that Rabbi Yochanan holds that thinking is, in fact, like speaking. So why is he saying over here that while Reuven would not be specifically, explicitly allowed to say to Shimon, you know, why don't you come over and come, come over and do work? Um, Rabbi Yochanan seems to be saying that he would be allowed to hint to it. So, Dibor, so we're saying that um, thinking is different than speaking, yet when it comes to the uh, thinking about Divrei Torah in the bathroom, they seem, Rabbi Yochanan seems to be equating them and saying that just like you are unable to speak Divrei Torah in the bathroom, you are also unable to think about Divrei Torah in the bathroom. So the Gemara says, yeah, but that's a different thing. No, the, 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 the reason why you don't think about Divrei Torah in the bathroom is not because it's like speaking. No, there's a different passage that says, that your camp should be holy, right? That whenever you're thinking about Torah, it should always be in a place that is clean and a place that is holy. You should not be thinking about Torah in the bathroom. But one second, in that same passage that says, that your camp should be holy, it also says, that there should not be ervas davar, and davar is like dibur, right? So we see that that pasuk is in fact talking about dibur, and we're saying that you also shouldn't be thinking about divrei Torah in the bathroom. So that, so the Gemara wants to argue that what the pasuk is saying is that you shouldn't be speaking about divrei Torah, and that includes thinking about divrei Torah in Right? I Meaning you should not be speaking divrei Torah where there's erva or in a place that isn't holy. 
And that includes thinking. So we see that thinking should be like speaking. According to Rabbi Yochanan, who says that you're not allowed to think in the bathroom about the Torah. So the Gemara answers, So the Gemara says, no. When the Pasuk says, That's not talking about thinking about the Torah in the bathroom. That is talking about, like Rav Yehuda learns that Pasuk, to Amar Rav Yehuda, Akum Arum What means that you're not allowed to read Kriyashma in front of, um, a not, uh, in front of a non-Jewish person who is naked. Okay? So that is what we learn out from Vloyeroi Bicha Ervas Dover. That not to read Kriyashma in front of a non-Jewish person who is naked. However, in terms of thinking Kriyashma in the bathroom that is learned out from that is nothing to do with Dibor. It has nothing to do with speech. And therefore, Rabbi Yochanan can say not to think Divitor in the bathroom without having to do, to, without drawing any conclusions about saying that Hiro is like Dibor. My Iria Akuma Nami's. Now the Gemara wants to know one second. Why, why are we specifically concerned about saying Kriyashma in front of a naked Gentile? You also shouldn't be able to read Kriyashma in front of a naked Jew. So, Lomi Baya Kama. No, it's saying, you know, not, not only this, but even that. Lomi Baya Yisrael. Of course, you can't read, um, Kriyashma in front of a naked Jew. De Aser, that would be Aser. Aval Akum, Kevin Nechsev Be'asher, Besar Chamorim, Besarim, Ema Shapir Dami. But when it comes to a Gentile, I might have the Havmina to say that I should be able to read Kriyashma in front of a naked Gentile, because after all, there is a Pasuk in Yechezkel that in comparing, right, God's giving Musar to the Yidin and saying that you are like, that you were like a prostitute in Egypt, that you were desiring the non-Jews in Egypt, that their flesh is like the flesh of donkeys. So I might think that maybe, well, if their flesh is like the flesh of donkeys, well then, I might be able to read Kriyashma in front of them. So therefore, Ema Shaper Dami, I might think that I might be allowed to read Kriyashma in front of them, Kamash Malan, um, Therefore, uh, the Pasuk needs to teach us, that you are not allowed to read Kriyashma in front of a naked Gentile either. But then the Gemara says, wait, why isn't that actually a good proof? Why from Asher Bisarim Chamorim Bisarim? Why, why, why can't we say from there that it should be permitted to read Kriyashma in front of a naked Gentile? So, Amr Krav Ervas Avim Lo Ra'u, if the Pasuk says in the context of the, of, um, um, shame and Yafes, when Noah was lying naked on the ground, that they took a cloth and they covered, they took some kind of a, you know, a blanket and they covered him and they walked backwards so that they shouldn't have to see Ervas Avim. So we see even Bnei Noah, are shaykh to the uh, Indian of Erva, and therefore you shouldn't read Kriyashma in front of anybody who's naked, whether, right, regardless of whether or not they are Jewish. So what do we see? So remember, Rabbi Yochanan had said that on Shabbos you would not be explicitly able to speak about Malacha, but you can hint to it, which implies that Hirhor is not Kedibor. Now we ask the question, but you're not allowed to think, Rabbi Yochanan says, you're not allowed to think about Divrei Torah in the bathroom, right? So that would sound like hero is Kedibor dummy. We say, no, those are separate things. Thinking about Divrei Torah in the bathroom is because of Bahayim Achnecha Kadosh. 
and that is a separate thing, nothing to do with Dibor. They said, what about which is in that same pasuk, so it does seem to be equating Hirhor and Dibor. We say, no, that is talking about reading Kriyashma in front of somebody who's naked, but you would be allowed to, uh, um, but, 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 um, thinking Divrei Torah is a separate thing, and it's because of Ayimach Nechakadosh, but on Shabbos, you would be allowed to hint about Melacha according to Rabbi Yochanan. Fine. Vidibor mi and then the Gemara says one second, but is there even an issue with speaking um, about Melacha on Shabbos? Vraha Rav Chizda Rav Amnuna Damir Tavayu, but Rav Chizda and Rav Amnuna both said, Cheshbon is Shal Mitzvah Motor L'Chashbon B'Shabbos. You're allowed to uh, talk about um, calculations connected to a, mit- to a mitzvah, kilu, uh, what's it called? Cheshbonos, like uh, accounts and things, you know, financial matters related to mitzvahs. You're allowed to talk about them on Shabbos. Vam Rabbalazar, instead of Rabbalazar, postkum tzak alaniyim b'Shabbos. You're allowed to pledge money to the poor, to poor people on Shabbos. Vam Rabbi Yaakov Ba'idi, Am Rabbi Yochanan, mifakchin pikuach nefesh, rifikuach rabim b'Shabbos, v'ochin l'bate kinesos, l'fakeach al iske rabim b'Shabbos, v'am Rabbi Shmuel Ba'nachmani, am Rabbi Yonas, anochin l'tartios, u'l'karkasos, u'l'vis, Okay, there was a lot of reading, but it was all basically saying the same thing, that you're allowed to take care of communal affairs. If that means going to like government offices or whatever it is, you're allowed to take care of community um, matters on Shabbos, even if it means that you're going to have to talk with officials about these things. V'tanet ve'menashe and we learn uh, by the Bismedjish of it was taught by the Bismedjish of Menashe, Mishadchen alatinokos le'ariz b'Shabbos, you're allowed to um, marry off the children on Shabbos, or at least make uh, make matches on Shabbos, ve'alatinok l'lamdo sefer, l'lamdo umunos, and you're allowed to teach um, a child, you know, books, I guess teach him Torah, um, but also a um, uh, an occupation, you're allowed to talk to him about an occupation on Shabbos, right? So, we see that there are all sorts of melacha-oriented things that you are allowed to talk about on Shabbos. So why are we saying that Dibur is Aser? So So we say, well, the Pasuk says, from finding your desires, from finding your uh, things, and speaking. Right? So it says, right? So your, um, you know, items, your work is Aser, but mutarin. That the, uh, you know, the, the needs of God are permitted. So that is why you're allowed to pledge tzedakah ta'anim. That is why you are allowed to do pikuach nefesh and to take care of your community. And Rashi says, even when it comes to teaching your child a, uh, a, um, profession. So Rashi says, that is also a mitzvah to teach your child a, uh, profession. So therefore these things are mutar on Shabbos. But um, talking about just regular melacha, about the work that you have to do, that would not be something that we would do on Shabbos. Okay, says the Gemara, Amr of Yudah, Amr Shmuel, Cheshbonos shel malach v'shel ma'bechach muter l'chashman b'Shabbos. So it says of Yudah, Amr Shmuel, that uh, things about malach, that like, you know, what are these things to you? Meaning, you know, if somebody asks me advice, and Rashi says, right, for example, uh, how much money is it going to cost for me to build my house? So you could say, look, you know, when I built my house, it cost such and such, a, such and such amount. So, Kilu, it's not things that, that you need. It's for somebody else. Or if it's things that, um, were already, you know, you've already completed, right? Things about the pa- past tense. 
Those things you're allowed to talk about on Shabbos. Tanin Amiyachi, we also learn in a bright like this, Cheshbonos She'avu V'Shasidin Leos, Cheshbonos Kido, calculations and financial matters that passed, and as we're going to see what this means is that they haven't completely passed, right? V'Shasidin Leos, or that are going to be in the future, Asr L'Chashbon, those things you can't talk about. You know, things that are in progress or that are going to be in the future, you cannot talk about. But Shomalach, things that like, you know, you're just giving advice to somebody else, V'Shomabachach, or things that completely passed, well then, Mutu L'Choshvan, you can talk about them. Now, we're going to ask a kash on this. It gets very highly technical and a little bit hard to understand, but I don't know, but the, the conclusion is a little bit clear. So over a minute, we have a kasha. So you're allowed to make calculations that you don't need, okay? So, but we don't make, um, uh, calculations that you need on Shabbos. Okay, Ketzad, what are we talking about? Okay. So a person, Reuven's allowed to tell Shimon, look, when I built my house, I had to hire X number of workers. Or Reuven could tell Shimon, look, I paid X amount for my apartment. Aval. Lo yomar lo, you shouldn't say to Shimon, kach v'kach hotseisi v'kach v'kach ani osed lo That this is what I have, you know, paid and this is what I will pay. So I guess the kasha is, like, you know, we said that, I guess, malach would be mutter, that he would be allowed to tell his friend, um, you know, about his expenditures that it cost for him to build or to buy his house. Yeah, we see, seem to be saying over here that uh, he's not allowed to say, um, this is how much I paid and this is how much I will pay. So the time of kashalach he gufa. So then the Gemara says, yeah, but I'll also have kashas on you because you said that like, right, cheshbonu she'avru are usr, that you can't talk about things that passed. And yet we seem to be saying over here that you can talk about things that already passed. So, Ella, and this is an important thing. It depends if he still has outstanding expenditures, right? If he's already built his house or already bought his house and he's already paid everything, well, then he could talk to his friend about how much he paid for it. But if there are still outstanding bills that he hasn't yet paid, well, then, he, then he's not allowed to talk to his friend about it. So, for example, as it says, right? Right, I paid this amount, but I still need to pay another amount. That he shouldn't be talking about. But if he says, look, I had to, when I was building my house, hire X number of workers, and it's all done, well, that he's allowed to talk about, but not about his future expenditures. Fine. Fine, so we talk about not waiting at the end of Tchum Shabbos. So uh, there's the Agoz Vitsunim points out that technically this part of the Mishnah should just be moved a few lines lower, but... Okay, not a big deal. Tana Rabbanan, the, the rabbis taught, there was a story with a certain chassid. Now, interestingly, so we had a Rashi, Andaf Kuf Chav Zayin, Amud Beis, that says that whenever it says, it's talking about either Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eli, who is Rabbi Yehuda, or Rabbi Yehuda Ben Bava, who was one of the Asara Rugei Malchus. So, okay, so there was a story with a certain chassid, and there was some kind of breach in his field and now there was I guess a breach in a fence and now either people or animals would be able to come in and um, you know he wanted to fix the breach and he said okay well there's a breach in my fence I better go fix it but then he remembered oh wait it's Shabbos change of plans I shouldn't be fixing my fence now 
Also chasid v'lo gidra. So this chasid did not fix his fence. V'naisa lo neis v'also bo tzalaf u'mimeno ha'isa panasasu fanasasan shebeso. Isn't that crazy? So a miracle happened and a um, caper bush grew in that place where the breach was. So, and it miraculously filled in the breach for him and additionally gave him food for him and his family to eat. Isn't that awesome? So because he held himself back from fixing his fence, because it was Shabbos, he got rewarded with a lifetime of sustenance and nourishment. Interesting. So if Yudah says the name of Shmuel, that a person is allowed to say to his friend, you know, so let's say Reuven and Shimon are both in Yerushalayim. Reuven could say to Shimon, hey Shimon, tomorrow I'm planning on going to Tel Aviv. Now, you know, you can't really walk to Tel Aviv on Shabbos because there's issues of Tchum Shabbos, right? After 2000 Amos, once you leave Jerusalem, you wouldn't be allowed to continue. However, nonetheless, Reuven is allowed to say to Shimon that he plans to go to Tel Aviv on Sunday. Because, theoretically, if there were these little huts that are called Borgenin, set up every 70 Amos, right? So basically, once you get to 2000 Amos, you're at the end of Tum Shabbos. But if every single, if every 70 Amos there were these little huts, so that would just extend Jerusalem Basically, if it went all, as long as it goes all the way to Tel Aviv, it would extend it all the way to Tel Aviv. And therefore, theoretically, since if there were these huts, now there aren't these huts, but theoretically, if there were to be these huts, Ruvain would be allowed to walk all the way to Tel Aviv, even on Shabbos. Therefore, he's allowed to talk about going to Tel Aviv on Sunday, um, since it is not, doesn't necessarily have to be something that is objectively usur on Shabbos. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, One second. So first of all, before I continue, I want to point out that Abba Shaul had said at the end of our Mishnah, that anything that I'm allowed to talk about, I'm also allowed to go to the edge of the Tchum on Shabbos about, right? So basically what we want to say is, okay, so so. Basically, if you'd be allowed to, let's say, theoretically travel all the way to Tel Aviv and talk about traveling all the way to Tel Aviv on Sunday, theoretically, then I should be able to go to the edge of the Tchum on Shabbos, even though right now I can't go to Tel Aviv because there aren't these little huts, but I should at least be able to go to the Tchum right before, right on Shabbos so that I can then travel right after Shabbos. Basically, anything that you would be allowed to talk about on Shabbos, you can also go to the edge of the Tchum for it on Shabbos. So now let's see. So, Tanam, we learned in our Mishnah, that you're not allowed to go all the way to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos, to hire uh, workers, right? Let's say the next town over there are some workers that you want to hire, so you wouldn't be allowed to go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos, so that right after Shabbos you can go find workers to hire, Ulavi Paris, and you also can't go in order to get your fruits. So now, so I understand why um, you can't go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos in order to be able to hire workers immediately after Shabbos because you're not allowed to hire workers on Shabbos. 
since you're not allowed to hire workers on Shabbos, you're not allowed to go to the, to the edge of the Tchum so that right after Shabbos, you can go hire these workers. But one second. If what Rabbi Yehuda is saying is correct, that as long as there is a way that would make some sort of malacha allowed to be done on Shabbos, you're allowed to talk about it on Shabbos. And therefore, since theoretically, if there were these little huts all the way to Tel Aviv, I can walk to Tel Aviv on Shabbos. Therefore, I could talk about the fact that I intend to go to Tel Aviv the next day. So here also, theoretically, if there were walls set up, I would be able to walk all the way to my field and take whatever fruits there are from my field. And, 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 and that would be fine. So therefore, since there is a permissible way that I would be able to get to my field on Shabbos, why am I unable why is the Mishnah saying that I'm unable to go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos and wait for Shabbos to end so that I can get to my field right away? After all, there is a permissible way that I would theoretically be able to go directly to my field on Shabbos. So, So my answer is, well, because the Mishnah is talking about where the fruits are still connected to the tree and you would have to harvest them. And you're not allowed to harvest fruits on Shabbos and therefore you wouldn't be able to go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos in order to right after Shabbos go to your field and harvest the fruits. We did after all say in the Mishnah that you would be able to go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos if you plan to guard your fruits after Shabbos. Okay, but then we asked a different question. Rabbi Yoshaya taught Ein machshichin ala Tchum Lehavi Tevin Vikash So Rabbi Yoshaya teaches that you are unable to um, go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos and wait for Shabbos to end over there so that you can go and bring um, unprocessed straw, no, processed straw and unprocessed straw, right? So Tevin being processed straw and Kash being unprocessed straw. So Bishlama Kash, Mishkach HaSlava So I understand why Rabbi Oshaya would say that you're not allowed to go to the edge of the uh, Tchum in order to go and bring unprocessed straw after Shabbos, because I, I could argue that unprocessed straw is still connected to the ground, and therefore you would have to cut it from the ground, and you can't do that on Shabbos. But if we're, but he also says that you're not allowed to go to the edge of the Tchum in order to, after Shabbos, bring back um, processed straw. Now, processed straw is... Um, processed straw is um, certainly detached from the ground. Now, if that's the case, I'm allowed to bring them on Shabbos if they were inside of the city. So why can't I go to the edge of the city, you know, to go to the edge of the Tchum on Shabbos so that after Shabbos I could bring this processed straw? Because after all, if it's mutter, right, theoretically I should be able to go to the edge of the Tchum. So, Bitivna Sarya, it's talking about Processed straw that is rancid, okay? Because it's rancid, that you wouldn't be able to, to deal with muksa, you wouldn't be able to deal with it on Shabbos, therefore you also can't go to the edge of the Tchum on Shabbos. Tashma, come in here, machshichin ala Tchum, you're allowed to go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos, l'fakeach aliske kalav aliske ames. You're allowed to go to the edge of the Tchum on Shabbos and wait till for Shabbos to end over there. If right after Shabbos you want to deal with things related to a bride or things related to a mace. Now, now we're saying that you're allowed to go to the edge of the Tchum um, Shabbos. If right after Shabbos you want to do things related to a kala, a bride, or related to somebody who passed away. 
But if it was for yourself, you wouldn't be able to go and do these things. Now, what are these things that you're doing for a bride or for a mace that um, you're only allowed to be doing for a bride or for a mace, but you wouldn't be allowed to go to the edge of the tchum if it was for yourself? So, bishlama acher dumya dechala. So, I understand things that you are allowed to go to the edge of the tchum for a bride, but you would not be allowed to do the same thing for yourself. Well, that is mishkachas la lemigza leasa. That is, if you want to cut down. Um, hadas branches to make into like a what's it called like a tiara or something like something that you would like put around that you would put around her head um, so you could do it for a kala but you can't do it for yourself and that's a malacha and we're saying that you know we make an exception for a kala because it's chef shamayim it's for a mitzvah um, so you could do that on Shabbos but for yourself it wouldn't be a mitzvah and therefore you can't and it's a malacha therefore you can't go to the edge of the trum elamez manu but what are we talking of what's this malacha that you're gonna what's this thing that you want to do for a mace that you'd be allowed to Go to the edge of the tchum. We're saying that you're not allowed to go for yourself. That's just to bring a coffin or shrouds. Now, if that's the case, that's not necessarily something you know that would be usher on Shabbos. So why can't I go to the edge of the tchum? So the katani mace in aval lo But why can't I go to the edge of the tchum Shabbos? If what Rabbi Yehuda, if what Rabbi Yehuda is saying in the name of Shmuel is correct, that as long as there is a permissible way to do this thing, then I would be allowed to talk about it. And if I could talk about it, then I can also go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos about it. Well, then why should I be unable to go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos? Uh, you know, if we're talking about bringing things for myself, theoretically, if there was a mechitza over there, I would be able to bring whatever these things that I want to bring are. So no, also by mace, we're talking about doing a, an actual malacha, which is to cut shrouds. That if you need to cut shrouds, um, you can go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos for a mace, but you would not be allowed to do this for yourself. But if we're talking about something that theoretically there would be a permissible way to do it, then we would argue in line with Rebuda Amr Shmuel that you would be allowed to go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos in order to do this thing. Fine. We said, but you are allowed to go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos if it is to, if you are planning to guard your fruits after Shabbos, because after all, you're allowed to guard your fruits on Shabbos as well. So if we can go to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos and wait for Shabbos to end there. And we said, and then once you're there, if you want to cut down some fruits and harvest some fruits and take it back with you, that would be acceptable. So the Gemara asks, what do you mean? He's allowed to cut down fruits and harvest fruits even though he didn't make Abdullah yet? But one second. That you're not allowed to do any work before you do Abdullah. So how are we saying that he's allowed to go all the way to the edge of the Tchum Shabbos? Wait for Shabbos to end. Let him go to his field to guard his fruits. And then at the end, if he wants to take back a few fruit, fruits with him, it will be okay. But he didn't make Abdullah. And if you'll say, well, he in Marev. And in Marev, he said Avdallah. Rabbi Yudah says in the name of Shmuel that even though you made Avdallah in your Shmona, so you still have to make Avdallah on a cup of wine. And you know, Mistami didn't have a cup of wine with him. And if you can say, no, he also made Avdallah on a cup of wine. But he has a cup of wine with him in the middle of the field at the end of the Trum Shabbos. So, Rabbi Nelson Bar-Ami says, said before Rava that he's talking about where he is among wine presses. He was among wine presses. 
because he was among wine presses, there were cups of wine over there, and that's how he was able to make Abdullah. Okay. So it says of Ashi that in Eretz Yisrael they say the following: They just say the four words: and um, then they do whatever they want, and they don't necessarily need to make Avdalah Kos immediately. They can say to just you know separate between Shabbos and the weekday, and says Rashi, and certainly if you would say it in Mariv, it would have, you know, in Shmoneser, it would have the same effect, then you can already do Melacha, but you should still then make, you know, Havdalah Alakos afterwards. Amr of Ashi, Kiavina Be'er of Kahana, Hava Amr, Hamavda Mikodesh Lechol, Masaltin and Silte, says of Ashi that when I was by um, the Bismarck of Kahana, he, um, you know, he would just say, Hamavda Mikodesh Lechol, right, he who separates between holy and, um, you know, uh, weekday, mundane, and then we would already start chopping wood and doing melacha. So we see that as long as you say amavda ben kodesh lechol, then you can do melacha already and just, you know, later on, make sure to say avdala ala kos. Alright, that was daf kuf nun of Masechta Shabbos. So we started off talking about hinting to a friend about, do, about a work opportunity. So the Tanakama said, that you are not allowed to hint to your friend about a work opportunity and say like, hey, why don't you just come over after Shabbos and both of you will understand that that means to do work. The Tanakhama says that you're not allowed to do that. Rabbi Shua ben Korcha says that would be fine, that would be acceptable. Rabbi Barbachana says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that this is because Dibor Asr Hirhur is Mutter, that you're not allowed to talk about Malach on Shabbos, but you can kind of allude to and think about Malach on Shabbos. And and we said that when it comes to talking about mitzvahs, then even dibor is permitted, right? So, for example, you know, uh, pledging money for 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 poor for poor people on Shabbos that would be permitted. Um, talking about expenditures on Shabbos, so we said basically if you're all paid up and these are things that you already completed and you already spent all the money and you're talking to your friend about it, then you would be allowed to. Um, you know, you'd be allowed to tell your friend about it. But if you're not all paid up and you're saying, well, it costs this much, but it's still going to cost me more. Well, then um, you cannot talk about that. Now, interestingly, we have that statement of Yudah Marshmuel that says, if you're talking about a malacha, that it would be theoretically possible to do in a permissible way, right? So, for example, you can talk about traveling from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv on Shabbos, because theoretically, if there were huts every 70 amos, you would be allowed to walk all the way to Tel Aviv. So th- even though right now there actually aren't these huts, still you could talk about it. Um, and then, you know, if you can talk about it, you can also then go to the Tchum Shabbos about it. And then we talked about doing Malacha before Abdallah, and at the end we said, uh, Rabbi Abba and Rabbi Ashi both said that as long as you say Amavdil ben Kodesh Tchol, you can already do Malacha, uh, but do not forget to say Abdallah on a glass of wine later on. Friends, that was Daf Kufnun of Masech the Shabbos. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you have a great day. Peace out.